have uh, uh, a very interesting episode today. Uh, Ro is going to just kind of take over on this one. Right. Thank you, Seth. So um, today we'll be speaking about one of the most notorious uh, criminals in Indian history. Um, so this guy had a huge portfolio. I mean, he was a gangster. He was a robber. He was a home invader, kidnapper, serial rapist. Also, before we proceed, I just wanted to uh, kind of give a trigger warning to all our listeners. Um, today's episode will contain um, incidents about rapes and murders. So if that is something that disturbs you or if that is something that you would not like to listen, um, well, this is this is where you go back and listen to uh, the rest of our episodes. <laughs> all right. <clears throat> so this guy, his name is... Bharat, but he was known as Aku, Aku Yadav. And not much is known about him um, as to when he was born or anything like that. I think it was approximately 1971 or 72. Um, so let me just give you a backstory about this guy. Now, when Aku was young, he used to take um, cattle regularly to the river to feed them, bathe them, etc. So, and his family basically owned these cows, buffaloes, and uh, their business was of selling milk. And he also belonged to kind of a well-off family. And by all records, Aku had quite a normal childhood, playing with other kids of this of this locality. Um, I mean, even during his teenage years, Aku was known to, you know, have taught his friends how to swim, etc. So he, he has lived with these people and was part of the neighborhood and locality, which he would later, um, I don't know, uh, harass those people, torture those people. You know? um, so it is also said that as he grew older, he had a very powerful personality in terms of, you know, even physically. And he had a very powerful voice, very intimidating voice and all that. Now, <clears throat> about his family, Akku came from a family of six, six, uh, six sisters and six brothers. And not a lot is known about his family, except that all his brothers were goons especially the eldest one and when their father died their business faced severe loss and they were left in such a state that they they would never know whether they would be able to eat the next meal or not in order to get their sisters married off they also sold their cattle etc now aku was the youngest and he was unmarried at that point of time. So in these circumstances and in these conditions, Aku took up the mantles from his elder brothers. So his usual thing was he used to do a lot of gambling, take drugs, etc. Okay. So once, uh, now this is one incident that had come up. Once while gambling in his earlier days, there was a police raid and Aku and his friend, they just barged into one of the houses 
and asked everyone inside the house to be quiet. So the lady of the house knew Aku because he was born and raised there, right? So she asked jokingly, "Are you are you like hiding from the cops?" And he said yes. And he asked her to go and check outside if the cops have left. So now the lady claims that she stepped out to see if the cops have left, which they did. She came back in to confirm the same, and she saw Aku, you know, kind of stealing a wristwatch that was there on the table. And she questioned him. He just threatened her to shut up because he needed the money. So. <clears throat> there a lot of little incidents actually start um in 1991 there was a new um, apartment that was being built nearby so before uh, i go into these stories i just wanted to also give you kind of a background of what was this locality like and you know so this was um basically a neighborhood of uh, slums these were slum dwellers right not uh, not uh, they did not come from a uh, economically so uh, strong background so you need to know about these people before we you know kind of go into his story as well <clears throat> so yeah like i was saying there was there was this new apartment that was being constructed nearby and aku and his friends had gone there with an intent to steal anything they could lay their hands on which they could sell for their drug money and gambling addiction over there <clears throat> there was they they found a couple sitting over there i don't know why that couple was sitting in, in a under construction building but they were there unfortunately and aku's friends just went towards the guy to search for money demanding for money and aku went towards the girl with the intent of i don't know maybe molesting her raping her whatever the boy just grabbed the girl's hand and they ran from there a complaint was filed in the police station and aku was charged with molestation um but once in jail instead of reforming or even feeling sorry for what he did aku actually became friends with the hardcore criminals that were there already and these criminals when they were released they used to visit that neighborhood where aku used to live any thoughts or comments till now so, i can just <laughs> so the just... the guys that he met in jail were from his where he grew up oh they were they were criminals who were already in jail they they made friends with aku and they used to visit his locality because they were friends with him oh okay okay Okay. I'm still stuck on this incident with the woman you said that she didn't feel threatened as much as he was worried almost about him and checked on the cops. Yes. It's just and and as of course as she's turning her back he's trying to steal from her. It's it's definitely odd. Just opportunistic is that what it is? Yes. Yes. And apparently he was he was an excellent observer like he was very smart he had a very sharp mind and he used to observe even the minutest details so uh, i mean he used that uh, trait of him to keep the cops informed about the doings of everyone in that locality or neighborhood so whenever he was 
out having fun with others he used to stay alert and make others drink that that was his thought process you know be alert hear what others are saying when they are drunk and then report it back and use so it to his advantage narc. yeah he was <laughs> snitches get stitches yeah. which ironically became true in his case Really, but yeah. <laughs> so, and, was, so was gambling yeah. mainly his vice, or like, because you said that he did drugs as well? I thought so. Like, if he stayed, yeah, gambling for... was his. Yeah, gambling was his main vice. Okay. Yeah, it just seems like, uh, you know, you see that a lot with the people that like stay sober and watch everyone else. You know, it's mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I just I was gonna say if it's like a control thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And eventually his fear grew among people so much so that women used to signal each other to hide because he used to abuse them, use foul languages to address the women over there. He was almost sort of becoming a dictator, wanting the complete area to be, you know, to be silent, like pin drop silence, no cooking, no chit-chatting. He would he would just barge into any house, ransack, uh, lay his hands on whatever uh, he felt would be you know would be used, and he would just go. And there have been times that even funeral processions were halted because this guy and his friends were sitting on the middle of the road, playing cards and basically the gambling trade. How old because is he at the, this point? 1991. He was born in 1971. So I guess 30. Yeah. And if if anyone protests, him and his friends used to just thrash those people. So everyone was scared. And apparently during the period where he was there in this neighborhood, there were no weddings. There were no celebrations. and not uh, sure if you guys are aware, but in India, uh, we still have vendors on the street who sell fruits and vegetables mm-hmm. that they grow. So the no vendors ever entered that locality because of his fear. Because even people outside this neighborhood knew how he was. Uh, forget the vendors. Even the basic mode of transport, which is an auto rickshaw over here. Even those people never used to come inside this area. In like, you know, 6 p.m., all doors closed. No noise, no cooking, whatever you need to uh, do, it should be before 6 p.m. Mm-hmm. So, He's terrorizing <clears throat> that neighborhood. Quite literally. Now, is there just not enough law enforcement or is it more of like a, they just kind of let it, like be like they just they're like that's a lawless area like um it was actually uh you know it was a combination of both and like i said uh maybe akko was feeding some information to the cops which made him valuable to them and they were kind of overlooking whatever he's doing over here yeah a little bit of corruption burn in yeah yeah <laughs> now um we have a lady entering the story. She was very important. Her name is Asha. 
and she was a resident of this um slum area this area is called kasturba nagar and she was one of the few people that akko was a little afraid of now she was a very strong woman in the sense that she never used to shy away from helping people and calling akko out for whenever he used to beat anyone or any of his wrong doings and she always used to help the poor her her business was of selling alcohol somewhere homemade somewhere uh, whatever the stores sell and her customers were obviously regulars and also uh, some of them were hardcore criminals and akku for some reason in his mind he used to treat asha right like a rival he used to hate her and asha had um a few friends who was who were kind of supportive of the thought process that akku needs to go and they they basically formed a group um made a plan to murder him it was oh. to that extent <laughs> now okay that took a turn <laughs> it did because by that time akku had become extremely powerful now the plan was to make him drunk and then attack him and the plan was almost successful but remember what i told you at the beginning akku was a smart guy he never used to get drunk so he managed to escape and no one knows how and where he hid um but eventually after a few days when things calmed down he came back akku had a close friend his best friend his name was avinash and he was a small time criminal um and avinash was someone who was so close that he even donated his blood to save akku at one point of time so they were that close and avinash was kind of a you know guy who used to talk to everyone and he was generally like well liked in that in that locality so akku did not like that he did not like that um and avinash also as others in that area used to visit asha for his uh alcohol requirements so akku i don't know why but he fought with avinash over this like he shouldn't be going to asha and it was the year i think 1997 by now uh, and um one day they were just having this very heated argument and akku went home he got a knife he came back and with one stab he killed his best friend wow over a dispute of where he should buy his goods uh, buy his goods and whom he should be talking to mm-hmm. or rather not talking to right <laughs> hmm um and this you was done in broad daylight 30s... oh sorry you would think no, no, if you were me. in your 30s you would uh i don't know that would be able to roll off your back pretty easy oh you're going to tell me what to do stab you <laughs> yeah it's it's anyway. like was an insecure son of a bitch yeah, yeah. Like the, the i mean the territorial dispute stuff like that like i mean that's it's almost like a uh, a gang story retold and mm-hmm. retold over and over again but 
It's, it's strange that, yeah, he's like closing in on, if he was born in the early 70s and it's 97 now, yeah, he's closing in on 30. And now yeah. the violence is escalating. Like he's always been, you know, that's almost like serial killer um, territory where they don't actually explode until they're later in life. Mm-hmm. Like they do, you know, early, I guess, trivial crimes. I won't say trivial, but like early, you know, breaking and entering. Not as bad as murder. Exactly. Yeah. And then they just like somehow explode into like, like all of a sudden they're in their thirties and they're like mid thirties. And then now they're just like on a spree killing kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So mm. now, did you think that his best friend was trying to plot against him or is, is this maybe that kind of story? Maybe definitely because now since Asha had already tried to murder him, mm-hmm. I'm sure he would be in that paranoia that everyone's out to get him, including his best friend because his best friend refused to listen to him. Like, that would be quite childish, right? I mean, you're not in kindergarten. You're 30-plus-year-old grown-ass men. And you can't be going around saying, hey, you you don't talk to that lady. I mean... You're not my dad. <laughs> well, you think also she would be an institution at this point. Like, they have to coexist. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is like an ecosystem. Like, they're all existing together. So, I mean, that's how, like I said, even gangs in any modern city now kind of work you just know where your territory is and you avoid certain things but there's no way to not interact with each other exactly there's just rules there's just like kind of a professional <laughs> that sounds crazy and the irony is that even Aku used to go to Ashaf to drink um, oh. so I'm not sure what was his problem God. But yeah, this this murder was committed in broad daylight and he was arrested. But for Aku, again, it was like living in a hostel with the inmates as his friends. He was and, making connections, um, even more connect- yes. connections. Yeah. Yes. So I think that was one of the reasons, Lily, because you bring up a good point, because he was mm-hmm. eventually released in just 10 months for a murder. Wow. And how? That's a big question mark. Nobody knows. And after he came back, he just warned everyone not to talk to Asha. Otherwise, they will also suffer the same fate. This was in 1997. In in 1999, this was one summer night. Aku and his friends went to Asha's home. And they sent someone ahead and asked him to pretend to be thirsty and ask for water from her. And these cowards, they were standing in the side of the house. And as soon as Asha stepped out with a glass of water, they attacked her from behind and killed her. Her daughter was... Cowards, yes. Her daughter mm. was literally begging them to leave her mother. But Aku was filled with such rage, I don't know why, against Asha, mm. that he slit Asha's throat. He beheaded oh. her. He chopped off her nose and ears and he mutilated her breasts. Goodness. I've heard, <laughs> I've heard of those very specific places attacked before. I don't know where, mm-hmm. but yeah. Hmm. Ugh. I mean, you see and Jack the yeah. Ripper 
victims and things like that. It's a dehumanization um, yes. kind of thing. So, yeah. you know. So, yeah, next morning, the police came for him again and took him away. And this time, guess what? It was just for 16 months. Oh, my God. Just 16 months. So, so is there a theory that he or someone around him had the police paid off? It's, it's quite possible, you know. See, corruption's yeah. everywhere. Corruption's yeah. everywhere. Yeah. And especially, you know, when we talk about areas like this, where people are um, usually helpless because they do not know a lot as to how to approach this, what the laws mm -hmm. are, how the laws can protect them. They have been brought up in such an atmosphere that they are used to living like that. And that fear is always there. Like, if I stand up against this guy, what happens to my family? Right? Um, so, yeah, after his release, in fact, um, after those 16 months in prison, he, he, was, he was so arrogant and he was so proud of the fact that he killed a woman. Um, yeah. But for the woman of Kasturba Nagar, things were going to get even more worse. Not a single woman was spared. All of them were harassed. All of them were... Um, like, I don't know, tortured in a way, mentally tortured, if I have to say. There was no age, I mean, the age, there was no age, no bar, nothing like that. And I think it started with Aku dragging a married woman from her house, locking up her husband, raping her, and then telling her that, you know what, I'll marry you. God. The narcissism of it all, just showing it off like that. It's ridiculous. That confidence that no one can touch him. And this this lady, she came back home and no one lodged a complaint. Because like I said, um, these are slum dwellers, right? The The men the men work small time jobs or they work as daily wage laborers while the women they they either work as um, domestic help or they don't work at all and uh, they do not have the support either financially or mentally to go and lodge a complaint and follow yeah. upon it and within that area also nobody was talking Nobody was disclosing what was happening to them, but everyone knew. The daughters were stopped from going to school. The girl child. I mean, it was it was it was pathetic at that point of time. It in fact, the worst thing I one of the worst things that he's done is it is claimed that he and his group of friends gang raped a pregnant woman and she was seven months pregnant. Um, I'm sorry, I'm getting chills over here. This is just disgusting. And, really and no one could do anything. They could all hear her scream and shout in the middle of the road, but no one could do anything. You know, when He's you first... just one guy, right? How big is his gang, his crew? I don't know. 
But at a certain point, I would think that the the husbands would come out with like clubs or something. Right. Yeah, that's what I was. Like when you first mentioned this, like this uh, case, this story to tell, like, uh, like I thought it was going to be somebody sneaking in the shadows. Hmm. You know, and like it's just somebody who mysteriously got away with crimes for you know a decade or something like that. You know, just an obscene number of crimes, I guess. Um, yeah. You know, uh, like proportionally, I guess, to what we're used to with like serial killers and stuff. But yeah, this guy's just—it's um, almost like a military occupation, like with yeah. you know, war crimes. It's—it's it's just lawless. Yeah. And you know what? This is this is what makes it even more scary. You know who's doing it. You know who he's doing it to, and there's nothing that you can do. Yeah. So somehow this makes it more, even more scary. And he had, yes, he he had also um, apparently threatened all the women uh, that if they tell anyone, including the cops, he would kill their families. So, and. Like I mentioned, these these are folks who literally live from hand to mouth, right? Financial situations are bad. So in and I am I know I'm reiterating, reiterating, but like in their minds, it is if for the husbands or the fathers or the brothers, in their mind, it is like if I stand against him, what if he does something to my daughter, sister, wife, mother? Right? Every so now it has become like. I would rather stay safe. My family needs to be safe. So it was like um, Gandhi's three monkey motto, see no evil, do no evil, speak no evil. But over here, don't talk about evil, <laughs> don't see that evil, and don't hear. Yeah. So <clears throat> eventually, now these were, just, just to summarize, these were the people and women especially who were oppressed, suppressed, and helpless. Um, few of the families, uh, they, they tried to leave overnight, just taking with them what they could carry and leaving behind most of their belongings, most of their, um, probably, uh, the, the house that they probably must have built with certain dreams and ambitions, however small it might be. And they would leave at night looking over their shoulders just to ensure that Aku and his gang were not there. Now, um, we have the most integral uh, person coming into the story now. And her name is Usha. This was a girl who had decided to make it out of the slums. And she was doing that by studying and earning and basically trying to get her family out of this horrible place, you know. And she was um, doing her hotel management, um, which required her to wear Western formals. I know it was a very weird for you guys, but we have something called as Indian formals and we have Western formals. So Western formals are usually for girls. They wear... Um, Pants, shirts, blazers, etc., or skirts. So, and so what she used to do is she used to carry these clothes in her bag so that Aku does not see her. But there were to, uh, there were there were times when you know she didn't have time to change because of late night shifts and uh, 
for whatever reason and she caught aku's eye one night i think it was uh, it was very late so usha's colleague had come to drop her now these houses have a lot of lanes and by lanes which require you to go by foot i mean there's only um you can only go by a vehicle only till a particular spot and after that you have to walk inside now in one of the corners aku and his friends were as usual playing cards he saw usha in in that outfit and said something really nasty which basically implied that she was working as a prostitute and you can just imagine the embarrassment i mean she was in front of her male colleague who works with her day in and day out and somebody from her area calling her out like that and the worthlessness of studying and working so hard just gone because someone called her a prostitute and one of the incidents that usha had witnessed was i think it uh in i think it was in the month of july or something uh she heard some screams and noises at night at first she thought it was an animal later you know the noises continued continued and she decided to check outside she saw around 10 or 12 men standing outside the house opposite to her and they were taking turns going in and out of the house hope you get the implication mm-hmm. so yeah so usha claims that she took that lady of the house to the police station to file a complaint and they refused to file a complaint uh in fact wow. she claims that uh that one of the cops actually informed aku about this that she and that lady had come and now august 1st august aku got his entire gang and covered the whole area around her house from all four sides they had got acid as well to throw on her face he disconnected their landline and he was shouting at her nasty things that he would make her walk naked gang rape her and chop her up just like he did with asha now usha knew that there is no other way out and she literally begged her family to go into the other room and she could not think of anything else to do she knew she had to save her family from him and somehow save herself as well so it was a fight or flight situation what she did was she unplugged the cooking gas cylinder so over here we do have a uh, cooking gas through meter uh, through the metered connections and through gas pipelines and all that but there are certain areas still in india where cooking gas is delivered by the government in these huge heavy iron cylinders which is then connected by a pipe to your stove and all that so she unplugged that 
she dragged it from the kitchen into the living room and she shouted from inside her house that i will strike a match and i don't care if i die but i will ensure that you guys are dead too i'll ensure that you guys burn now hearing her scream like this from inside somehow her neighbors finally found courage and stepped out maybe they finally realized that if a single girl can threaten aku where and they could see that aku and his gang were visibly kind of disturbed they were shaking they had not their confidence was shaken they had not really expected that usha would react you know would retaliate in such a way so the people saw that 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 little you know um uh what's the word i i oh. i forgot <laughs> 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 that you know uh, yeah that, that hope they stepped outside the house and uh they started pelting him and his gang with stones rods whatever they could lay their hands on but again aku ran and he escaped he oh, escaped again <laughs> Slimy son of a bitch! He escaped yeah. again. <laughs> Now, <clears throat> people of this community, they decided to get together, and for the next two or three days, they just kept a watch to see if Aku returns. In fact, people who had left, remember I was telling about them. People who had left, even they came back and joined the search against the uh, search for Aku. on this happened on 1st august right on 4th august um some of the people in this locality had uh, you know connections friends friend of friend of friend of friend as which who was somehow a reporter and those reporters called other reporters and there was kind of a small press conference kind of a thing that was held um because they these folks have now claimed that even the police were not helping them mm-hmm. but this press conference kind of backfired on them because the reporters were looking for the more spicier details like who was raped how many people were raped and all those things without actually focusing on the main issue so and unfortunately nothing was printed also in the newspaper the next day later 6th august out of rage pure rage the residents demolished akko's house because nice. they didn't want him to come back and you know hide in his own house there was no safety net for akko left in that locality anymore akko somehow got to know about this and on 7th august he went and he surrendered himself to the police Interesting. he was he was playing smart he he his plan was to stay in jail while everything calms down as like protection. Yeah. Yes. Yes. You, now you can tell me if this is right or not. I've heard in India uh that uh 22 rifles are are legal uh like small caliber rifles. I'm surprised this it like at least one person in the community didn't have something mm-hmm. to go um, after them after especially since they're plaguing the women. So uh yeah. 
rifle. I mean, you can carry a gun if you have the legal permit and everything like that. Mm. But guns are costly. Yeah. Guns mm. are costly, and be- these people don't know whether they will get their next meal or not. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. From everything <laughs> talked about, like it seems it's it's crazy to think because uh, even feeding his own gang. Like when you said 10 or 12 members, I was thinking that has to be the extent of it because you can't have that many people under you because you've got to look out for them too if you're a mm-hmm. you know, leader, quote unquote. So like, you know, there's only so much, there's only so many people you can feed through intimidation and selling stolen goods or stealing food, you know, because you even said the vendors weren't coming around. So um, yeah. it just feels like it couldn't have been that big of a gang. Like it just needed courage to like, numbers to stand up against him mm-hmm. i mean and it seems like obviously that... rocks so no weapons or anything obviously like we were yeah. saying about anything makeshift or knives things like that so that and also um he he had a strong personality and somehow he made himself so dominating and psychologically the the people over there had kind of accepted that this is their life and you know this is how he's going to be also mm-hmm. probably because even after committing two murders this guy is out without serving his entire sentence yeah they had no faith yeah. in law enforcement yeah i understand that exactly. that also and and you mentioned it at the beginning but i, I kind of want to narrow it down again geographically like how far away were they from any kind of area that could have had support like um, you know, I think about rural areas that if there's corruption with law enforcement and things like that, like eventually a larger force will step in, you know, whether mm-hmm. that be here in the U.S., like National Guard or like FBI or something like that. Like there, if there's corruption, it will be investigated kind of thing. Like how far away, like were they so remote that there was no one, no larger area that would actually be able to step in and like, you know, like take care of that? Um no actually it 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 was not it was not remote it was not a village it's it's in a city called nagpur um and unfortunately uh, the corruption runs too deep you know and i'm not yeah. saying it just happens here i'm sure it happens in many places as well but unfortunately for these people like i said they didn't know they are not educated they don't know what are the uh, services that they can have from the law enforcement. What is the help that they can have? So it is. It is also lack of knowledge, Kla, To be quite honest, like what, what, and who can help them? Um, like I said, even the reporter that they called for even the small press conference, it just backfired on them. The contacts that they had were not the ones who would eventually help them out. So basically, they were from the, if I have to be very blunt, they are from the bottom level of the society where nobody really cares about them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, th- this, this reminds me of a place here in the States called Humboldt County, and it's in uh, California. And uh, they're known for uh, growing and producing like a ton of weed. Uh, they don't have as much power or influence anymore because weed's been like heavily decriminalized over here. But uh, back in the day, they uh, and and they still do to an extent. Um, for some reason, like girls with troubled past and that that are pretty young, 
gravitate towards uh, one of the jobs over there. And they're, they're trimmer girls. They, they, once the plant's ready for harvest, they trim it up. But the problem is uh, every now and then uh, they go missing. And this particular area is pretty remote uh, for California, at least. And um, it's so bad that the police, whenever they are investigating something, have to get escorted in by armed uh, guys that live in Humboldt County. Like they don't just go in. Um, and yeah, it's pretty like bad. I don't know what it's like now cause things have changed, but, but right. when they were at their height, they would they would have like escorts that would bring police like in. a militia, but in favor. Yeah. Of the yeah. They were totally armed and they had to be, uh, brought around by a crew. It, they, they didn't have like, I mean, it was just unsafe for them. Mm. But, but every now and then there would be uh, missing girls or uh, uh, like physical abuses and all kinds of stuff. And uh, really, they, they couldn't do too much. Uh, but anyway, this story reminds me of that. So it's a remote area, basically. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, that's not the case over here. It's, yeah it's in the city it's just that yeah yeah um yeah so coming back to aku surrendering himself now the these people um they saw in the newspapers that uh, on uh, one day one fine day they saw that aku is supposed to be produced before a judge on 13th of august now that is when they decided that enough is enough. He cannot come back. Aku mm. cannot come back. This um, is happening so fast. <laughs> this is just a handful of days. Yes. Because it's a domino effect, right, Lily? One mm-hmm. one trigger is all it takes. Yes. So uh, Aku was handcuffed on, on his way to the court. Aku was handcuffed to another inmate. And um, once he reached the court, he saw that the people of Kasturba Nagar, they were standing outside. And he looked at one woman whose tenant he had raped. And he looks at her and he says, seems like you have not learned your lesson. I'll be back soon and I'll make you understand. Aki bastard. Come. Yes. The lady just removed her sandal and she just flung it at him. And the cops quickly took him inside the lobby and they shut the uh, gates. But there were a couple of ladies who were already standing inside the lobby which leads to the court. And what uh, what they did is they threw chili powder on his face. And after that, it was just riot. People standing, throwing, opening the windows. They, were, they barged through the side doors. And on 13th August 2004, which ironically was Friday, Friday the 13th, Aku Yadav was killed in the courtroom in Nagpur. He was stabbed and stoned to death. 
there was a table with a huge thick glass top that was used to smash on his head 40 to 50 people they got heavy stones from outside smashed his head smashed his body parts his genitals were cut off and all this all this happened so quick that none of the officials or all the police were able to do anything they were just taken by surprise mm-hmm. after all this was done and you know um while aku is getting killed that that inmate was still handcuffed the other oh. inmate <laughs> And he was shit scared. He's like, "Is it my turn next? I can't do anything. I don't know these people." He just joined in. Cut his hand off. <laughs> and he was trying, and he was trying to, you know, get his handcuffs off. Finally, after um, Aku, I mean, obviously Aku died. Um, one of the police officers just. Uh, uh unlocked his handcuffs and took him out later on um an auto rickshaw driver uh he told the police that he had picked up around four to five folks from the court um who were discussing among themselves about a murder that they committed and basis on Snitch. that description is yes. basis on that description police arrested those folks who turned out to be women and one of them was pregnant and when the news spread in kasturba nagar that these five women have been arrested all of the other women marched up to the police station and demanded that the police arrest them too because all of them claim that they had killed aku yadav so it was 5 to 50 to 100 to 400 to 500 all of them gathered all of them claiming that they had killed and they need to be arrested not those five women this is so it's such it, a mess already mm-hmm. you would think that the police would just be like wash their hands of it and just like you know cuz they they didn't do a lot of their job and then uh, like you would think that they would be like okay that's solved let's just forget about this i also find that funny. i mean it's un oh it's, it's yeah, very sorry, similar and it's fine it's um it's very similar in the opposite sense to a case that happened here in the united states where um i think it's in missouri uh where there was a notorious bully who terrorized a small town and the cops weren't ever like never able to do anything about it um it wasn't because of corruption or anything i i guess he just like there wasn't anything to pin on him but he was a notorious bully and the entire town hated him and um one day he was killed like murdered in the middle of town like in the center of town like by gunshot and when the police came the entire town didn't say anything they like there were no witnesses because nobody <laughs> nobody was going to say anything because everybody wanted him dead so therefore they had no witnesses they had nothing to pin on anybody so it's like the opposite of that this is a town coming together saying like oh we all did it that way you can't accuse one of us because we all had something like this is yeah. the opposite of that where the entire town just nobody's yeah. doing anything they yeah. just like <laughs> wow yeah i mean it's unbelievable how long the people suffered how long yeah. especially the women mm-hmm. 
so there was a fact finding committee that was appointed um for this case and they after their research obviously they stated that this incident happened because of the failure on police's part to do their duty um however they the women were still um charged with murder um this on 10th november 2014 the judge finally passed a judgment that all the accused were to be released and they were to be deemed not guilty that's the good ending yes it is it is it was a good and satisfying ending mm. wow so yeah that's that's about aku yadav um whose death was celebrated people over there actually had a feast on the day he died when the people heard about yeah. his death they had a feast and they celebrated their freedom wow so well, good for them they handled it mm-hmm. wow then what happened to his other like gang members like his other little cronies they just kind of disperse and just known about that but i'm sure they were arrested eventually or they dispersed i'm sure they wouldn't be back in this this area <laughs> unless they want to face a similar fate like aku mm-hmm. well you know this also reminds me of like uh america's wild west days like we had like small time time gangs do very similar things um and and it was like usually a small group of people and the law enforcement wasn't big enough or wasn't going to do enough and then they would just keep skipping towns in the west and hide out for a while then come back um hmm yeah so all in people. all how long did he did he reign over that city 15 years 20 years so let's say from 1990 to 2004 mm-hmm. Wow. Still a crazy run cuz he would only been like said he would have been in his late teens. Yeah. 1990, right? If he was born in 71, 72, he'd have been 19, 20 years old basically. Mhm. And then um yeah, and so dies at in his early 30s or mid 30s, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Oof. Heavy. <laughs> Yeah, yes. very heavy. Yes. Thankfully uh, a satisfying ending, but wow. Yes. Yeah, she happened, happened like... to that girl. I can't remember her name now. Um uh, that started started the the revolution, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she she uh, continued with her studies and eventually moved out. But yeah. Good for her. Well, um any closing comments and questions um what happened to if not the cops or the judge or who sentenced him the first few times that he served only a few months what happened to them were they ever arrested or sentenced anything like that um the fact finding committee came up with this um thing that it was the police's um failure mm-hmm. of doing their duty on their part so i am sure it was handled in that way um 
but my research research focused more on aku his right. life yeah. and specifically his death and like so it's very possible they just moved on they're like okay that's a chapter right. closed a little slap yeah. on the head and i yeah i i hope not i hope they learned a lesson that's what i think yeah. i want to think that way <laughs> Yeah, not to put a downer on a on an uplifting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. So this was basically a story about how a common man can take up mm-hmm. um, the law in his own hands if if he's backed into a corner. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, some mob justice. Yeah, yeah. It's, such, it's a great story too because it's like a microcosm, like it's in such a small area. You know what I mean? Like it's, mm-hmm. it, it, and like, also, um, um, you know, I guess what we compare it to, uh, like Seth said, like the Wild West, kind of little small pockets. Yeah. It's like, you know, people overlook these stories of things like that, where you know, it's just like, oh wow, this is this is these, this is like a small group of people's war that they had to yeah. deal with, mm-hmm. you know? and it's. It doesn't get the uh, publicity or the justice because it's not an actual like conflict that you know we see in the news. But it's 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 literally a war fought in a tiny little place in the world that we're you know nobody will you know get to see. You know, ninety you know, nine percent of the people won't know about it. So it's a good story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, um, yeah, there are images if you search online um, about how the courthouse looked like. After he was killed, all the blood yeah, I mean, and all. So yeah, yeah. Bet, if bet, any of the listeners are yeah, keen to search, please search Aku Yadav death, and you you'll find the images. So it's there. It's there for you, the whole world to see. You've been warned. Just keep your uh, safe safe filter on. Well, um, I hope the audience. Uh, uh got a lot out of that uh that was an an interesting thing that i've never heard of and uh uh if uh like um we're gonna do like some more of these but uh remember to check out our social media um and also keep alex in your thoughts and prayers uh he's he's on a pretty extensive um journey right now and and we'll reveal more as time goes on but I, th- I think it's going to put uh, that stuff and weird on the map. I, I think we're going to confirm some theories down the line. It's going to be exciting, but uh, just uh, just uh, keep your mind on him and uh, we'll get some updates as we go along. Uh, but that was today's episode. And remember, we don't want stuff that's uh, normal. Not what well, we want stuff that's weird, but but but, you know, just, we want things that are that are, you know, weird and not normal. So you guys have a good one.